The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Yeah, Josh is a great guy. Tremendous athlete, great guy. Um, It's just he's fun to watch. So uh, hopefully not too much fun on Thursday. But, yeah, it's always good to see him. Baker Mayfield was the first pick in the 2018 draft. Josh Allen was pick number seven. Allen and Lamar Jackson, the last pick in that round, the two that have clearly stood out. We mentioned Sam Darnold earlier. He was the third pick. Josh Rosen, he who shall not be named. It's a it's an opportunity for Baker Mayfield. It really is. And, you know, the Bucks started 3-1. and one. They've lost a couple in a row. They look a little sluggish offensively. Baker Mayfield said this week that they're realizing they're not a run-first offense, which is kind of a, <laughs> yeah. a little slap. Yeah, that's good. I like it. They're running backs. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, this is an opportunity. This is a selling point. It's Baker Mayfield versus Josh Allen. Not the sizzle it would have had a few years ago. Not the sizzle we ever would have expected it to have. But that's a subplot here. The bigger issue is, can the Bills get back to that team we saw Three straight weeks against the Commanders, the Raiders, the Dolphins. Can they do that again? Can they get back to that? Because it's been three weeks since then. Even though they won one of those games against the Giants, they haven't looked like the team that was dominant for three straight weeks. No, I, I don't know. I don't think they can get back to that right now. I don't. You know, they might look good tonight. I, I, you know, and we'll see how it plays out. I do think the Bucks pose some problems for them, but I think there's too many injuries on their football team, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that makes me think that they they can't do that. Uh, you know, whether it's corners being banged up, of course, Matt Milano, uh, the best player of their team not being there, right? They got other issues at the linebacker position. Ed Oliver, yeah, he might play tonight, but I doubt it'll be 100%. He's dealing with some sort of turf toe issue. They got other guys that are banged up along the defensive line and not totally healthy. They got the problems of the offense, right? So, yeah, I, I worry about it. I don't expect to see the same team we saw in that three-week run where we went, man, you know, did the Bills got it this year? Is this a, is this a team that's going to be like this all year long? No, I, I kind of expect to see the Bills that we saw the last few weeks. I do in a game like this. You know, one, the Buccaneers' defense is pretty damn good. It is. And then here we got a game tonight where, you know, Vita Vea is a little banged up, and that'll be something to watch for as far as if he can play. But, you know, this is a game nobody really runs on the Bucks. I mean, nobody. It doesn't matter who it is. So I don't expect the Bills, who don't really run that well anyways to, to begin with, to start that tonight. You know, this is going to be a formidable challenge. We saw this Bucks defense. Hey, yeah, last week we know they played good against Atlanta, but hey, the week before that it wasn't easy against for Detroit. Detroit scored 20 points, and it was hard work scoring 20 points, and one of those they got the ball at like the four-yard line on an interception and couldn't get in the end zone. 
So they're going to pose some problems. So between the banged-up nature of the Bills' defense, which has totally changed it and made them different, and then the struggles of the or the ongoing struggles of the Buffalo offense, like we talk about, it seems like every week. Because you and I, who have been saying this, what, for now two years, I feel like the rest of the world is starting to realize, wait, there really is nothing with the Buffalo offense other than Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. What else is there to defend? And uh, it's going to be tough to mess with the Todd Bowles defense like that with just those two guys as the only threat that they're really worried about through the game planning all week. Here's Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs from earlier this week talking about the offense appearing to have lower energy than it's had in the past. You know, the last few weeks, uh, really really after week two, I've been trying to find a, a zone where I get myself into um, throughout the game, try to stay as low as possible because I feel like I perform better that way. But, um, you know, maybe I got I to gotta be more upbeat and, and be a voice and, and be a little bit more loud. When you look at the things that are fun, I think uh, fun is scoring touchdowns. You know, we haven't had too many touchdowns. You know, we got to go out there and execute, and I think execution breeds energy. You want to get excited, we can go to the local ice cream shop. But for us, I feel like more so just executing at a high level. The more we get back to executing and plan how we can play, of course, you'll see a lot more energy because uh, execution brings energy. You know, Josh Allen's comments, and we talked about them yesterday briefly, it's almost like his press conference was a therapy session where he's talking. They've been like that a lot lately. Should I have, yeah. should I have low energy? Should I have high energy? Like, not only are they putting all of the physical requirements on Josh Allen, they're putting the mental requirements on him too. This and I said this not flippantly on Monday. They need to have some sort of a sports psychologist come in and have a session with the entire offense and all the coaches because something's wrong here. Whether it's in Josh we trust and in him we trust too much, whether it's we have no identity, we're too impatient, we just think we're going to flip a switch and score 30 points, and when we don't, we get frustrated and we press and we get away from our foundational aspects of our offense. Chris, I've been saying this all week. They should trade for Derrick Henry. You, You want to give that offense an identity and a kick in the ass for the rest of the year Bring in Derrick Henry and give him the ball 25 times a game. And then play action's going to open up. And everything else that you're trying to do is going to be there. Because you got a guy you can hand the ball to and let Josh Allen step out of the way. They need to do something. You know, whether that's Derrick Henry, another receiver, something. You know, there's just, there's not enough there as we've discussed. And, you know, as a lot of people in football really think, there's not enough there. You know, when I talk to other people around the NFL and the bills come up, they they always you know I they always it's going eh. I mean it just seems like it's all on Josh Allen there I mean all, always a hundred percent you know their team's good they're coached well but uh, I don't know if there's enough there for them to be you know a top tier football team man it's all Josh Allen it's constantly you know it's if you watch them on film I don't know how you can think any other way right. And, yeah, so, Mike, I mean, you know, I don't know if they can even turn themselves into a running football team at this point. You know, your, your point about Derrick Henry I don't think is wrong. I just don't know if it's in them to do that because, you know, running the ball and that attitude gets instilled in OTAs and then carries over to training camp. And they seem more obsessed with throwing the football. So I would be like, no, get another receiver because that's what you want to do. But they lack a surgicality element. They are impatient as an offense. Everything goes on Allen. Allen, I think, is, you know, I appreciate his honesty. It's what I love about Josh Allen because he's he's sitting there going, yeah, I like, I'm trying to be low key and not too energy because then he knows when he's high energy, he probably tries to take over and force balls down the field and make magic happen too, too, too much. So he's trying to find that kind of serenity now spot to where he's thinking clearly and doing that. But the problem is, and they both allude to it a little bit. They're, they're, what gets their energy going? It's the highlight plays. That's what gets them going. It's the Josh Allen magic moments. It's the 70-yard laser down the field. And we've seen for three weeks in a row, as you heard me say on Monday, where teams go, you're not going to throw it deep, and we're going to make it hard on you scrambling and making magic. And then after that, we don't think your offense is all that tough to defend. 
And that's that's been the game plan for the last three football teams. Like here, here it is. It's all about, hey, we covered Diggs. Let's make it hard for him to get around the edge and scramble. Look, they're not even rushing a lot of these teams. They are waiting for him to break the pocket on the edge because they know if we can just keep them inside the pocket, the scheme's not that creative. And if we cover Diggs, there won't be anything else to go to here. And that is why they lack energy because Superman hasn't been able to, you know, give them, ignite them the way he usually does with his magical plays. And, you know, it occurred to me as you were explaining that if yeah. they're committed, if the defenses are committed to taking away the 70 yard lasers on Diggs, and they've yeah. got a short week this week, so there isn't much they can do. Right. From whatever that was on Sunday against the Patriots to Thursday night. But. They'll have 10 days on the back end. We'll see them next Sunday night in Cincinnati. Yeah. Bills-Bengals, a rematch of that that regular season game last year that was very memorable for for all the wrong reasons. But they come back to town this year. And um, I almost feel like what they should do is go back and look at every snap last year for the Kansas City Chiefs offensively. Yeah, I hear you. Post-Tyree Hill. Right. You know, right? What 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 are the Chiefs doing to move the ball without the guy that forces you to defend every blade of grass on the field? What are they doing to create patience? What are they doing to create yardage, not points? We got to get yardage. Yardage leads to points, and chunks of yardage leads to opportunities to naturally play action, flea flicker. You know, when an offense is working well. And it gets around the 45 of the other team. That's when you see the play action, the flip back to the quarterback, the guy wide ass open down the field because the defense is worried about getting gashed either with a running game or, as you've been saying, if you're not going to run it effectively, do a short West Coast offense passing game where you're getting seven, eight yards a clip and you, you know, Josh Allen's ripping off the short laser, not the long laser. And boom, we got a first down and boom, we got a first down and everybody's got to move up now. Exactly. And now we can get them over the top. Right, right, right. Is it I that mean, hard? No, well, is it that hard? You know, I, I don't think their offense is Apparently rooted. Apparently it is. It, yeah, their offense isn't rooted in some of those, you know, schemes and things they do that way. But, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're spot on. You know, you used the word identity when we started the segment. That That's it. The identity of the Bills is Josh Allen making highlight plays. That's not conducive to going to the Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl. It's not, you know. The last time I saw a team that was, you know, built on, hey, our quarterback will just to make amazing plays was John Elway. And what did that do? Yeah, he got them to three Super Bowls and they got their ass whooped in all three Super Bowls because it was a one man show to a degree. It just does. It's too hard to do that. And so, yes, there's got to be something else. And as you've said before, good offenses make you do what, Mike? They'd make you defend the whole field. And right now with the Bills, it's just like defend digs and don't let Allen out of this little area here, and there ain't a whole lot to defend. And that's where they got to go back to the drawing board and, yes, become masters of something that makes the t- a defense bend to, to that element than to open up the rest of the offense. Learn how to play digs off of Gabe Davis. Learn combinations. How do you think, how do you think the Chiefs get the ball to Travis Kelsey every week? They put him in spots where it's like, it's hard. We got a guy going deep, and he's in the middle, and there's a guy underneath, and they play him off of it. They make the, the defenses make decisions. Oh, you want to go all in on Kelsey? Well, <laughs> whoa, there goes Valdez Scanling deep behind him. Now you're in trouble there. Or, hey, oh, we have somebody underneath him too now that you went all on Kelsey. Now there's the, you know, an underneath route that's wide open, and we get six or seven yards there. There's just not enough of that toying with the defense that way and that's where it's got to change for the Buffalo Bills. And we'll see if we can do it tonight. I mean, I'll be interested. Todd Bowles and this crew, like I said, it, it's a better defense than, than, than they're statistically look. Uh, and I think because of their offensive struggles, that's hurt them a little bit on that side of the ball. I was considering proposing this trade to the Tennessee Titans. James Cook and a third-round pick for Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins. But then I looked at James Cook's numbers this year. He's quietly effective. They just don't use him enough. They don't use it enough. He's averaging 4.8 yards per carry. Right. He's got 12.5 carries per game. That's not enough. This could be your identity offensively. Use him more. 
Get, gain yards that way. Get four or five yards on first down. Throw a quick pass on second down. Get a first down. Move the defense closer. Do it again. Move them closer. And then play action. And Diggs is open for a 30-yard gain or a touchdown. It just, there's just, you're right. They're constantly looking for the Josh Allen laser beam highlight reel. And they feel like, you know, it's like you're in the dark looking for the light switch. And if we could just find the light switch once, everything will be fine. And I, I've I, had people up there tell me, and I'll put his name out here too, because I think he has no problem with me saying this. Devin McCourty would tell you the same thing because he's talked to people up, players up in Buffalo. They have a feeling, or at least they did last year, and I would think they do this year, that if Allen can't take over the game, that, yes, they're not sure they can win a game. That, that's a very real feeling up there. And uh, I think that's got to be true again into this year. I, I don't know why it wouldn't be. And it certainly seems that way right now. So we'll see where it goes. And, yeah, you know, is their defense good enough to hold down the fort as they figure this out? That's going to be the thing. You know, hopefully the defense can play at a high level level to where the offense tinkers and tries to find a new formula here that they can still win some of these football games, right? Uh, and, and that'll be interesting to see, too, this tonight. You know, the, the Bills defense is well coached, but, you know, with the injuries and all that, they lack some firepower. Uh, but the Bucks' offense is certainly nothing to, to write home about and has their own issues here. And, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. It's a good Thursday night football game. I think a lot of good storylines and, you know, some big-time players on the field that certainly could sway the game in one way with a big play, you know, you know, outside of the schematics that are laid out there by the coaching staff. And as the Bills try to fix this, Chris, they're not going to benefit from being hidden among the cluster of 1 o'clock Eastern games. Tonight, primetime, no, everyone's right. watching. Right. Next week, Sunday night football, everyone's watching. The next week, the Broncos, Monday night football. Ooh. Yes, it's the Broncos, but everyone's watching Monday night football. The next week, 425, late afternoon, kickoff, Jets, everyone's watching. At the Eagles the next week, 425 Eastern, everyone's watching. By week after that, the Chiefs. 425 Eastern, say it with me, everyone's watching. <laughs> then the Cowboys, then the Cowboys, 425 Eastern. Then Everybody's watching. Come on, you got to finish all of them with that. <laughs> then, wait, everybody, and then, then, Saturday night, December 23, Chargers, Peacock, everybody's watching. watching. <laughs> uh, they don't have a one o'clock game. They don't have a 1 o'clock game until week 17 when they play the Patriots. That's incredible. That's it. That's unbelievable. Every game until week 17 is going to be high scrutiny, high stakes. Everyone's watching. And what's the Jenga Tower going to do? I waited as long as I could to say it. <laughs> what's it going to do? It's wobbling, folks. What's it going to do? we got to take a break. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after. One of those leaning towers in Italy is a little shaky right now, too. Did you see that? Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Sean took that big hit um, on the shoulder, 
Uh, he cleared concussion protocol, but I just did not want to put him back out there. I wanted to protect our franchise quarterback. That was my decision, um, and that's what it was. It's Sunday. You know, I can't speak past uh, anything, but I'd expect Deshaun to be, if everything clears, he's, he's ready to roll. He's our starter on Wednesday. With Deshaun, PJ's going to start this week. Uh, Deshaun's going to focus on his rehab. Uh, I just feel like with what happened in the game, landing on his shoulder, uh, there's residual swelling that's affecting his throwing. I think it's the best thing uh, for him to uh, rest this week and focus on the rehab. Yeah, he was progressing in the right direction, was able to practice uh, last week. Uh, but just I felt like with that hit, I just didn't like that right on the shoulder. Um, and then coming out of it with uh, with swelling, uh, I just did not feel like that would you know, put him in his, in his best spot to practice this week. The first part of that clip was Kevin Stefanski, the Browns coach, expressing a high degree of confidence that Deshaun Watson would be good to go and he would start this weekend when the Browns take on the Seahawks in Seattle. The last part was Wednesday when he made it clear that P.J. Walker will be the starter and Deshaun Watson will be off again. And look, we're talking about this during the break. There's some thought out there that Deshaun Watson just doesn't want to play, that he just wants to make his money. $46 million a year for five years, fully guaranteed, just doesn't want to play. This is the same guy who played through a torn ACL. Took a bus from Houston to Jacksonville when he had a rib and a lung injury. Both ways. Can you imagine bumping every pothole from Houston to Jacksonville and back with a, a rib and a lung injury? How long of a trip that is? He was committed to playing. Now, is something weird going on here? I feel like it is. Yeah, I, I don't you. know what it is. <laughs> right. But something weird is going on. And nothing that's happened the past few weeks has cleared out that smoke. And I'm waiting for it to either clear out or for a Sunday splash report. And I was saying yesterday, maybe it'll be week 15. Kind of feels like the right time where somebody's going to say something that's going to be someone's perspective on whatever this awkwardness is between Watson and the Browns. Because something's there. We don't know what it is. It doesn't add up. But I'm not ready to say, like others have, this guy just doesn't want to play. He just wants to make free money. Because he has a history of doing everything he has to do to play. But he also has a history of falling out of love with a team pretty quickly, too. That's the other side of this. Gets a big contract from the Texans in September, and by January, he wants out. So we have to factor that into this as well, which is ca that's what causes me to just feel like something weird is out there, and I'm awaiting further information before coming to any conclusion. Yeah, well, I mean, the way it's been handled by the Browns and some of the mixed messaging we've gotten out there, right? You know, hey, I mean, it's been a long haul here for Deshaun Watson. It's been a lot of issues and things to deal with, you know, off the field, right? So there's issues there. You know, I, I can understand questioning maybe where his mind is at and all of that. He's had to deal with a whole lot, and uh, I understand that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, there's no way I'm going near the, oh, he's, you know, he could play, but he's not because he's got money or whatever. That, that, that to me – Again, there's just too many other pieces of evidence that fight against that to just come out and say that. Uh, that, that to me is like, unless you 100% know and you've talked to Deshaun Watson and really know some things in that locker room that maybe the rest of us aren't privy to, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be able to say that for sure. But, yeah, I don't know where this goes. And it is odd, this whole thing. And, you know, even just Stefanski basically saying it was his decision to keep him out of the game the other day. You know, again, yeah, the shoulder got banged up. But also, like we talked about, he threw a horrible interception and then should have thrown another horrible one that was right here and the guy dropped it. Maybe that was enough for Stavansky to go, you know, between him not practicing and doing things here and he just banged his shoulder a little bit more, I've kind of seen enough. I don't trust him today. Uh, see where that goes. Even in this week, you know, a little surprising for them just stand, you know, make a stand Wednesday. Hey, he's not playing P.J. Walker. You know, I think they're trying to also go, hey, we just got to focus on the game, get our quarterback for the week, blah, blah, blah. We can't deal with this. Ooh, he might play. He might not play. He might play. He might not play. So I think they're trying to settle things down there a little bit. But, you know, it's not going to settle us down. We're all going to continue to watch this very closely. If there are players in the locker room who are wondering what the hell's going on, they've done a good job of keeping their mouths shut. There's been no reporting other than, remember, and I never really reported this per se, but this all started the day of the Ravens-Browns game 
when Deshaun Watson said all week he was going to play, then he doesn't play, and the next day Kevin Stefanski says he was medically cleared to play, I got a call 5.04 p.m. Eastern on that Sunday that some guys are like, what the hell's going on here? Watson was supposed to play. He said he was going to play. Dorian Thompson Robinson was ready, but not really ready because Deshaun kept saying he was going to play. So there was that question then, but nothing since. Nothing since. So there's something weird. I don't know what it is. We continue to monitor, and we see if the Browns' defense can continue to fuel them to victory, although last week with P.J. Walker, they did get 39 points, just enough to beat the Colts. All right, how about some props for Week 8? Not just Thursday night football, but the whole week. Some of the topics that are available, if you're inclined to place that wager via the DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's start with the Brown Seahawks game. P.J. Walker starting in place of Deshaun Watson. Over under 205.5 passing yards. He threw for 178 two weeks ago, 192 last week. Are you going over or under 205.5 against the Seattle defense? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the range I'd see. it. I'm going to go over here. You know, not that he's played really well to make me think that it's going to go significantly over here, but full week of practice, Seattle defense that will let up some plays in the past game, and I think a Seattle defense that their number one concern is going to be stopping the run game of the Cleveland Browns. That's still the number one thing they got, and they're they're still special at it. So uh, that's where I expect it. You know, I expect Seattle to kind of go all in on that. I'm going to say they make a few big plays in the past game because of the over-aggressive nature of Seattle and stopping the run. One thing uh, to point out, Seattle does have Frank Clark back. He could play as soon as this weekend. May beef up that pass rush a little bit as the Seahawks try to yeah, you get ch- to 5-2. and Ochenna Nwosu got go hurt. He's out. He's IR. Out so, for right? the year. Yeah, that hurts. And so in comes Frank Clark. Right. I'll, I'll go over just because, you know, what the hell? What the hell? I, I want another shootout like we saw between the Browns and Colts last week. I said it was going to be 13-6. Well, the the thing that's crazy about that game, even though it's like, you know, people have a lot of been like, well, I mean, the Browns' defense, they let up 38 points. I understand that. Shane Steichen's awesome. Like, he's awesome. He needs to be thrown up there with Ben Johnson, Mike McDaniel, Shanahan, as the, you know, Kevin O'Connell, as the great play caller designers in the game. But, you know, the other thing, the defense won the game for them last week. You can still say what you want. The two strip sacks, the block field goal, you know, the interception by Denzel Ward all led to points for the Cleveland Browns offense. You look at it, they only drove the ball two times the whole game. So that defense is still awesome in a handful. Miles Garrett, an MVP candidate, not just yeah. defensive player of the year. All right, Eagles commanders. A.J. Brown's over under four. Receiving yards at DraftKings Sportsbook is 88.5. He has a five-game streak of 125 or more receiving yards. That ties Calvin Johnson and Pat Studstill for the longest in NFL history. And again, the over-under is 88.5. He had 175 and two touchdowns in week four against Washington. Are you over or under 88.5? This guy's unstoppable. I mean, it's over all day long. They're going to feed him. You know, you have to worry about the run game and being overpowered there. He gets looks on the outside that, you know, some star receivers just don't get because you have to worry about so many other things with Philadelphia. He's a beast, though. I mean, he's a physical beast. He's rare in the fact that he can run by you like you just saw in that clip or he catches a, you know, a six-yard slant and breaks two tackles and then runs for another 30 yards. He's phenomenal. Like I kind of said last week, he's without a doubt one of the three best receivers in the football game. And have you seen Washington's defense lately? Right? I mean, what am I going to – I'm going to pick them as as to say in your word. It is caca, uh, a lot of caca (laughs) there, okay? And I got to think with that commander's football team, they're too talented. They got issues there right now, and I'm going over all the way. By the way, I'll defer to the full skit, but there was an SNL bit this past weekend where the word caca was used. I think the over-under on that was 12 and a half times. I'll go over, but when I see 88 and a half, it makes me think I'm missing something. Yeah. Like, what do they know that we don't? Do they know something about Jalen Hurts that we don't? Uh, is <laughs> right. it going to be Marcus Mariota yeah. that we don't know? Yeah. And they're not going to tell us until we find out too late. So I, I want to say over. I have no reason to think it won't be other than... The number's too low. 
Something's amiss. Why is it so low? It's a trap. So I'll still go over. What the hell? All right, Chiefs Broncos. Travis Kelsey's over-under for receiving yards is 76.5. Bless you. He had 124 yards against the Broncos just a couple of weeks ago. They're in Denver this time around. Are you over or under 76.5? Bless you again. I'm going to go over again. I am. Yeah. I, I You know, there, there's... There's a part of me that wants to go Denver will make some adjustments in this football game and they'll kind of figure out what they did wrong or find a new way to defend them altogether. But kind of like we just talked about with the Bills uh, a few minutes ago, they make it very hard, the Kansas City Chiefs, in doubling uh, Kelsey, you know, the how they line up formationally, the routes they run behind them. And then, of course, you know, even what you see last week, watching back some of that with the Chargers. You know, there's a there's a few plays where he's covered. It's great. But Mahomes moves in the pocket. He scrambles. Now it's six and a half seconds later, seven seconds later, and he's open now. And now he hits him for a 20-yard gain. So that's where you just can't coach it and stop it there. The Broncos' defense been a little bit better. We know that. That's for sure. But I'm going to go over still here with Travis Kelsey. I, I want to know if Taylor Swift is going to be there because aren't there some high-end analytics about how he plays when she's there? And she plays a lot better she when she's there. That's for sure. That's where it seems like we're headed at. Where we're headed right now. But see, even that play there. So maybe 70. Yeah. Go, go ahead, go Mike. Ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, well, even though that play there, you just see, like, the way they use him, rubbing him off the other tight end. They know the coverage they're getting. They get to the right plays in those situations. They make it very hard to to stop him. Uh, And, and of course, with Mahomes' ability to throw 30 and 40 and 50-yard lasers down the football field, you have to worry about some of that stuff and how they package these plays together, and it just makes it very hard to stop Kelsey off of that. And again, 76 and a half seems a little low, and it makes me think, what do they know? Do they know that Taylor Swift isn't going to be there, so it's not going to be a big game for Travis Kelsey? And, of course, the sports books pride themselves on knowing everything they possibly can. I'll take the over anyway. We both went over on every category this week. Life's Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code PFTLIVE when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Or PFT Live right after that. What a blessing had our little boy yesterday, um, Jordan McVeigh, Jordan John McVeigh. And so mom and baby are doing good and ready to get back at it. And uh, she gets to take care of all the fun stuff right now. So, no. I mean, it's a good adrenaline, but it's at some point it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit me. And I'd like to think I can push through, but I don't have the stamina that I used to. You looked in your son's eyes for the first time in their life. Man, I feel bad. You look more like your dad than your mom. <laughs> Congratulations to Sean McVay, baby born yesterday, and the Rams announced it as a transaction, delivered Jordan Jean McVay. There was that talk a couple of weeks ago when he missed a game. He had made the decision he was going to. That doesn't matter. Baby comes on a Wednesday. Everything's fine. But, you know, it's going to be an adjustment for him. He's working hard. He's in the middle of the season. He's got the baby at home. Major life change. I remember that that month, that first month, vividly from September of 1996. Vividly. And uh, anyway, I'm happy for him. Oh, it's great. Yeah, great, how can great he not stuff. be? Right. Great news. Yeah. Yeah. He's awesome. an awesome guy. It's awesome. It's one of the best things yeah. that can happen. That's right. Changes your outlook on the world yes. when you have a child. Yeah, no. Happy for him. I mean, Sean is an, he is an awesome human being. He really is. He's got great energy. He's going to be a great dad. I know he's already a, a great husband. And, uh, you know, yeah, listen, you know, he'll be okay. All right. He's making enough money. They can get some people to help out a little bit. He's going to coach the football team. He's not going to be feeding them bottles at three in the morning. I can promise you that. You know, there's got to be an understanding there when you're in the football world, whether you're a quarterback playing or a coach, that, hey. It's in the cradle yeah, in the silver spoon. Exactly right. You can't do it all. You got to, you know, so. Man <laughs> exactly right. Uh, but really happy hey. for him. Awesome to see.
I was determined. I was determined when my son was born that I'm going to be involved. I'm going to be around. I'm going to be present. I'm going to make it last. It's going to go slow. And it still flies by. Yes. Still flies. flies. Yes. So, um, so anyway, uh, and, and hey, you know, maybe one of these days, Jordan, John McKay or McVeigh, excuse me, is going to be coaching with Sean somewhere, as we've seen time and again. And you know, people say, oh, nepotism, nepotism. The bottom line is this. The dad's away so much during football season, working so hard, and feels like the kids have been neglected. Yeah. It's a great way to connect. That's right. You're all together all the time, working and working and working. You're making up for those years when the kids are growing up and dad's not around. So uh, it won't surprise me at all if it happens. All right. In that same division, the NFC West, Kyler Murray had his first full practice for the season as he works toward his debut after tearing an ACL last December. There's a complex stew of business considerations for the Cardinals. If they play him, they risk future injury guarantees becoming unavoidable. But if they don't play him and they're thinking about maybe trading him after the season, depending upon where they finish in the draft order, you know, how do we get value for him if people don't know whether or not he can play? And maybe he plays well enough and we decide to keep him and we don't draft his replacement. So it's a new regime. All bets are off. We don't know what Monty Austin Fort and Jonathan Gannon think about a short quarterback. As you've said before, plenty of the league would never have even wanted Kyler Murray in the first place. So it's not like they're going to make the playoffs. They're one in six, but they need to see where he is. Right. They need to showcase him. They need to hope he stays healthy and they need to just trust that at the end of the year, a good decision will be made about his future, whether it's to stay or whether it's to go. And Chris, by the end of the year, he may want to go. And we've seen more and more in recent years, players who want out get what they want. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very interested to see where all this goes from from both aspects you kind of just hit on. You know, one, how are the Cardinals going to play this, right? Yeah, they do need to see what he is. And, you know, they do need to show the rest of the NFL world, hey, look, he's back. He's good. If they have a you know any idea of wanting to move him or make some play that way, you know, let alone, yeah, maybe they evaluate it and they start to go, whoa, wait, you know, with this offense and Drew Petzing and what he's got, which I really like their offense and the weapons, maybe they look at this and go, damn, we can make this work and be scary. Maybe we got something. Maybe we don't have to worry about taking a quarterback number one or number two or number three or even having to trade up to number one and give away some of the assets and maybe we can build our team more. You know, there's a lot of ways this goes. He's, he's got enough talent, right, if you can believe in the person and he's being professional and we're not playing video games instead of watching film, like all the rumors out there, whatever is out there, if he's doing all those things right. put the right, clause in the contract. Yeah, you're right. I know they it's not rumors. put the study rumors. clause in it's the contract. That's more. what started all this. Right, right. But yeah. it's like it's it, he's got enough talent to where you don't just go, oh, we don't want to see it. He, You don't just, you know – sell a guy with that kind of skill set for nothing and and we'll see where it goes but I am excited to see him eventually get back on the field in this offense and you know with Hollywood Brown and Rondell Moore and they run the ball really well in Arizona and this Michael Wilson they drafted out of Stanford you know they got something there where I'd go it's about as talented as a group he's had around him and his whole career and they might be able to build something so you know this will be interesting to watch how it all plays out. As anyone who has ever talked about the players on their fantasy team knows, nobody cares about your fantasy team. Falcons coach Arthur Smith definitely does not care about your fantasy team. We'll hear from him next about the failure to disclose Bijan Robinson's illness before Sunday's game against the Bucks. We'll be back with that right after this. One of the controversies coming out of week seven, and it was a big one. Bijan Robinson, Falcons rookie running back and the centerpiece of many a fantasy team and the subject of many a prop bet, played sparingly 11 t uh, reps, one touch. The NFL's looking into it. Head coach Arthur Smith was pressed yesterday on the fact that the NFL wants to know why they didn't say before the game that anything was amiss with Bijan Robinson. Here's Smith from yesterday. Are you talking about like sensationalized like things? Like, look. I've thought of the inquiry, not the inquiry. No. I mean, guys, if you guys really understand how things really operate, I, I understand outrage and and drama sells. Like, you're not, you know, guys, like, 
if, if you really understand like how things really operate, that there's nothing, like, nothing there. So I don't know what, like, I haven't given one second of thought about it. You can ask rumors and new windows. I can go find sensational stories. We can talk about climate change. What's your thought on climate change? You want to go on the hot road? You want to talk about world politics? We can do that too. I'm sure you got an opinion. It's 2023. Everything is transparent. Whether you want to believe or not, everything's transparent. But is it more difficult this way because you legitimately might have to spend 33% of your time on three different quarterbacks? Is that a little different, Amy? Every week there's different obstacles, Josh. Whether you got three running backs, teams have to prepare for our three running backs, right? So it's whoever has the hot hand. Again, maybe I'll have to go tell Raves that, hey, Algier got the hot hand. I'm going to give him 15 carries. Maybe that's what I need to do. Um, that's where we're headed. Let's make sure I don't upset anybody on their uh, fantasy team. So maybe I'll have, maybe I'll yell across the Braves, hey, we're going to give the CP another carry here. So Arthur Smith, uh, derisive, dismissive, and I think, and I like him. I think he's a good coach. Yeah. But on this point, he's just flat out wrong. And that condescending attitude, well, if you really knew how things worked. Well, we kind of do know how things work. Here's how they work. When someone is injured or someone is ill, it needs to be disclosed by the team. When Bijan Robinson admits he wasn't feeling right on Saturday night and he woke up Sunday morning feeling completely out of it, the team has an obligation to tell the Buccaneers and the NFL that Bijan Robinson is now questionable with an illness or something along those lines. And th this isn't somebody having a hot hand. This is somebody being a hot mess because they're sick. He had 11 plays for the entire game. He had one touch near the end of the game. This wasn't because he wasn't playing well. It's because he wasn't feeling well. And they hit it. This all goes back to the NFL. Teams are going to do this as long as the NFL lets them do this. What are you going to do, NFL, to protect not the integrity of the game, but the integrity of the wagering on the game. And I would submit to you, Christopher, that those two things are equally important yeah. if the NFL <clears throat> is going to grab every last dollar it can from sportsbook sponsorships. Integrity of the game and integrity of the wagers on the game are the same damn thing. And the NFL is failing to insist and ensure the highest possible integrity for the wagers if they let the B. John Robinson thing go, and if they don't ask any tough questions of the Eagles about why Jalen Hurts hasn't been disclosed as having a knee injury at any point this year. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we've stated our feelings about this. It's not right. You know, like you said, obligation of the Bucks, the NFL, all the people were putting millions of dollars of betting money onto the game itself. They, there is an obligation there. I like Arthur Smith, too. I think he's a hell of a football coach. Why I picked the Falcons to win the NFC South. I mean, there's a lot of things I like there. I don't love the condescending manner in which he just talked there. Don't play me like an idiot. That, that, that's where I get a little annoyed. Don't give me that bullshit about, oh, Algier had the hot hey. hand. Okay, hey, it was bullshit. That's where it's a little wrong. I mean, come on. He's a top 10 pick. He's the best running back on your team. Maybe the best offensive player on your team. You weren't playing the hot hand. Don't that that's when you do that to me, you make me feel like you think I'm an idiot. And that's where I don't love that. Right. Let alone I'm Captain Planet. And was he trying to say sensationalism or climate change? I don't know where he was going with that. I'm I not don't really think he sure. Was. Okay. Because I, I, I just wanted I to make sure it's 80 degrees in the Northeast of the last week. Is, it's 80 degrees today. It's going to be 80 tomorrow. It's going to be 80 the next day. It's, it's real. So he pissed me off with that, too, if he was trying to say that about climate change. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is this. All I know is this. Uh, in my own fantasy football league on NFL.com, I can't drop Bijan Robinson, right? He's regarded as one of those red dot players that we're, we're, you're prevented from cutting him. That's how central he is to this year's fantasy football games right. and leagues. This is a key player. He's their leading the, rusher. Again, He's their third leading receiver. Right. Bullshit challenge flag on the hot hand crap talk. So Bullshit. Well, and, and the point is, that's four of them. <laughs> DraftKings had the over-under at three and a half, so cash your tickets. Boom. But um, if you're going to, to have, every time you turn on a game, every time you turn on NFL Network, everywhere you go, the NFL is in bed with these sports books. You can't allow your teams to hide this information from the gambling public. And if they screw around with this, Chris, like you said, some really rich guy – 
or gal with plenty of time to kill and plenty of cash to burn is going to start filing class action lawsuits about hiding this information from the betters. Congress is going to create an agency that's going to have full control over everything the NFL does, and they're going to be up the NFL's butt in ways the NFL has never imagined. A prosecutor out there who is looking to make his or her bones is going to go after somebody for deliberately playing games here. Think of, think of this very simple reality. Somebody knew B. John Robinson wasn't right. What if that somebody bet a lot of money on the under for whatever B. John Robinson's yardage was? What if that, hey, B. John's sick. I'm, I'm betting that under. He's barely going to play today. That, that's why all this stuff has to be transparent. He tried to say it's transparent now. Everything's transparent. It's not transparent. That's the problem. They hid this information from people who would have acted on it. Agreed. Yeah, anyway. agree. I'm totally with you there. And, uh, you know, like I said, I want to state again, I really like, I got a lot of respect for, for Arthur Smith and what he's doing down there. I, I did not love that press conference there. Oh, by the way, by the way, I, I missed this. What? This was from the other day. DraftKings Sportsbook refunded all B. John Robinson player prop markets, single and parlay wagers where he was the only losing selection, credited inside 48 hours. Good for that. It's only refunded bonus bets. So, yeah, smart, smart and proper, but they shouldn't have had to do it because the information should have been out there no. so people would have known. They should ask the NFL they to re, they should ask the NFL to repay them. That's the NFL's fault. NFL repay us for all the bets we had to do. Breach of contract. You or didn't the get your job done. I'm telling you. Somebody's getting sued at some point by someone. Team, coach, GM, owner, NFL, everybody. It's going to happen. And I, I feel like the attitude is we'll worry about it when it happens. Until then, we're just going to make as much money as we can. Let's take a break. More PFT Live right after this. Ooh, baby. The Houston, I mean, the, the, the Tennessee Titans will be wearing the Houston Oilers throwbacks on Sunday. I feel bad for Kevin Bayard. He showed up for the Eagles one week too late for the badass Kelly Green uniforms, and he gets traded by the Titans before he gets to wear the badass Love You Blue uniforms. But those are awesome. They just should be the property of Houston. Hey, Houston, you should have done what Cleveland did and negotiated a settlement to the relocation that kept the Oilers in Houston. The Houston Texans should be the Houston Oilers, but we see the old Houston Oilers in Houston, not in Houston, but in Nashville on Sunday against the Falcons. I need a nap now. I'm confused. Okay, <laughs> so here's Mike Vrabel. He's confused about who's going to play quarterback. It's not going to be Ryan Tannehill. Here he is talking about using two guys, Malik Willis and Will Levis on Sunday against Atlanta. I never said that Will was going to be the starter. Both of them will play if Ryan can't. We'll see how Ryan feels. He may do a little bit of work later in practice today. Um, but that's how we are. That's where we're at right now. On the, on the both quarterbacks playing thing, I, like, I'm, I'm going to focus on the Falcons. Like we're, this, Yeah, this good. And we're going to talk about the Falcons. So. Put, why are you holding your hands like that? I'm trying to get a question in here. Well, then ask the question. Don't, no, I'm just saying, like, you look ridiculous. Just ask the question, Joe. Okay. It could be by series. Could be every you know two series. It could have certain things that we like. You know, we'll see where you know one where Ryan is, and you know. But but again, I'm I'm excited if Ryan can't play that that both you know we'll get a look at both of those quarterbacks, and you know we'll we'll need both of them to uh, to to help us win. And, and you know, you Falcons are doing some you know really good things. You don't mind the adage that if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback. No, I don't. Yeah, don't buy that adage. We got we got three on the roster, and we'll see where Ryan is with his ankle, and uh, and go from there. Now, look, I I I have a bias for Mike Vrabel, but you know we we can't. I mean, we just ripped Arthur Smith for being condescending. Uh, and, and Vrabel was just being a flat-out asshole with with no apologies for it whatsoever. Why are you raising and your hand? Funny, you, as you long look as ridiculous over there. As, as long as you're not the one who's being told they look ridiculous, it's funny. But, uh, yeah, probably not the best press conference etiquette from our friend Mike Vrabel.
Yeah, no, no, not necessarily. Uh, you know, surly. I don't see. I didn't find that condescending. <laughs> it's where it was different than Arthur Smith. Surly, grumpy coach. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't condone that behavior on a normal basis either way. But it's you know, it's week eight in the NFL. It's lack of sleep. It's the grind. I think it all gets on you. Uh, but hey, I'm going to be interested to see how this plays out. You know, you you get the feel that. You know, they like both of these guys. They like the progress Malik Willis has made. They liked, of course, Levis, and that's why they drafted him. And I think it's all a part of like, hey, we're not sure who we want to play, where we want to go with our future here, and, you know, how can we win this football game? You know, you don't hear two quarterbacks playing very often, but it sounds like we're going to see that this week. Shereen and I talked about this yesterday. It feels like the Titans are in let's start looking at what we have for next year mode. And they got to figure out who their quarterback's going to be. Malik Willis has pleasantly surprised them since the drafting of Will Levis. They got to figure out who the guy is going to be in 2024. And the first test comes on Sunday against the Falcons. By the way, the Titans are going to wear the Oilers throwbacks again later this year when Houston comes to town. So they're going to rub it right in their faces in that game. We'll be back with more right after this. Houston Oilers. Houston Oilers. Happy 73rd birthday to my first favorite football player of all time, Chuck Foreman. Played at the University of Miami, came on the scene in Minnesota in 1973, just as I was discovering football, and he was awesome. Yes, That's the game in Buffalo where he took a snowball to the eye. Snowball to the eye. There he is against the Rams in one of the NFC Championship games. And I have that Chuck Foreman hoodie. I know number you Number 44 hoodie. I wore it Monday night. It's my new lucky hoodie. I may have to bring it Sunday for the Packers game. Not for the picks, Pot Pete. Got to save it for the Packers game on Sunday when the Vikings go to Lambeau Field and probably lose, but at least I'll have fun. Well, happy birthday to Chuck Foreman. A legend. Really is. Yeah. I mean, man, it's just cool watching him in that cold air. Those old Vikings uniform. Legend of the sport right there. Mega Picks Pod coming later today. Check us out there. See ya. Some of your time. See you later. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.